eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Can't get enough of the fan in the morning? Shown up. Because this is nothing like that. Working. Alan Jerry are here with stories they'd never get to cover on the morning show. Very sexy robot. Hey, look at that pig. Shenanigans. Naked yoga. My mother had a bad experience with these ghosts. Let's hump the fence. It's Alan Jerry's post-game podcast. Well, happy Thanksgiving to you out there, everybody. And now we do a podcast for you to get you off and on your way. Hell, you're probably going to the airport right now because you're probably flying to Birmingham to see Grandma. And if not, maybe you're driving down to Philly to see Aunt Martha. So we'll entertain you. At least we'll try for the next hour. What's up, Alan? Man, you've got to be a crazy person if you're traveling for Thanksgiving, other than getting in a car. Like, if you're going to the airport... Today's not a great day to be flying, though I will tell you, I've said this before, I do want to start going to Dallas every year. Yeah. And I think that's going to be the Wednesday travel. Like, I'm going to have to suck it up, and I'm going to have to deal with the lines. The way I look at it, 6 a.m. flight, have to take Wednesday off. Right. And then just deal with what it is. Just deal, Jerry. You know what's weird? I feel like, and I know the Cowboys play every Thanksgiving. uh, Yeah. I feel like it's more of a Lions Thanksgiving. Well, they've been doing it since 1930. I forget what year. I think the 30s. So I think it'd be kind of cool to go to all, to Detroit for Thanksgiving. Go ahead. Go on. Don't you try that next year? I do not want to I spend have... my Thanksgiving in Detroit. No interest in going to see the Lions. Hmm. As much as I like them now as with Dan Campbell, I'm not. I'll probably I would not ruin my Thanksgiving by watching the Lions. I'll probably never be in Detroit in my life. Mm, like, why would I go there? Unless it's show related. It's the only reason I was there. Covered the Super Bowl. Yeah, like we're not, they're not getting another Super Bowl in my in I my not, I wouldn't think so. career span. They kept us. I was with Burkhart in that Super Bowl too. Yeah, and that was actually a lot of fun that that year. But they had us out by Auburn Hills, Auburn Hills, which is where uh, where the Pistons used yeah, to play. The Palace at not Auburn Hills, exactly in Detroit or near Ford Field. We had to take a remember we had to take the the Super Bowl shuttle, and it was like thirty five minutes. It was brutal, and there are casinos in Detroit. So there was the one night that um, me and Kevin were out gambling late, and we missed, we almost missed the last shuttle back to the hotel. And that was a, before Uber was a thing. Yeah, it would have been. I don't know what we honestly. I don't know what we would have done. We would have been stuck in Detroit. 
back, uh, you know, being stuck in Detroit. It's scary. Yeah, it was probably January of 06. Yeah. I mean, Eminem wrote songs about how dangerous Detroit is, Jerry. You're right. You'd yeah, be you're careful. Right. That's true. Jerry, I got an email from a fella named Dave Stein. Hello, Dave Stein. Who is a longtime podcast listener. Okay. And he uh, oftentimes will send me uh, things that he wants me to answer via email or on the show. And a lot of times I just answer them via email. Right. But uh, I'm going to read this. It's actually a little lengthy. I'll try to, like, skim through it. But he says, hey, it's me, Dave. As I'm making my way through older post-game podcasts and warm-up shows. That's cool. Through my truck of Al and Jerry content, early shows, pre-Gina, pre-Healthy Al, pre-COVID, post-COVID, current shows, I've noticed that the content trajectory has been very interesting. It seems that originally the premise of the podcast was to discuss topics that were left unexplored on the Boomer and Carton show. That was the that was, I remember why going back and why listening to the first one and telling you how terrible it was. Yeah. Yep. Uh, then it somehow transitioned to interesting and funny stories with you and Jerry providing your trademark reactions. And then it seems, although I can't seem to pinpoint when it took place, that the podcast transitioned to the life of Alan Jerry, where you'll talk about what's happening in and around your lives. Mm-hmm. Being that, being that so, I wanted to know if these transactions were deliberate and calculated, or was it organic and it was just the natural ebb and flow of doing a podcast with the same partner almost daily for years? You mean transactions? You mean transitions? Uh, I don't know if these transactions. Yeah, transitions, okay. I suppose. So he's saying when we first began this podcast, Jerry, it was things that Boomer and Carton didn't get to mm-hmm. that I had on the on show, the show sheet. sheet. Then it transitioned into uh, weird stories that we would then come, news stories. And now it's just transitioned to us talking about uh, just Life. things that pop up. Pretty much, yeah. And was this deliberate? Well, you'd have to answer that yeah. because that's the thing. When you're not here, and then I realize when I come in at 10 o'clock, oh, F, I have to come up with topics because I don't have time. I'm editing yeah, all morning. Yeah, you very busy. I'm writing. I'm trying to figure stuff out. And then I decompress at 9.53 and then I realized, all right, now we got to do a podcast. Um, you're the one that really comes up with the topics. So yeah. I don't. I think it's been pretty natural. I don't think that was deliberate on your part, but you'd have to answer that question. Yeah, I would say that the first part when we were going to do stories that Boomer and Carton didn't it cover. Yeah, because I had this idea. Initially, the company came to went to people that worked in the company and said, hey, we're going to start doing podcasts. Do you have any ideas? And I used to sometimes get annoyed putting the show sheet together that, there would be some fun stories on there that they wouldn't do. I do remember that. I'd be like, man, this is, I would have thought for sure this would get on the show. But then the reality is day in and day out, there aren't a lot of them. Right. It's random. It's random. So we found that that wasn't going to fly as a, as a thing. Then at the same time, we, the company was subscribing to a show prep service called the locker room. Mm -hmm. And it was sports stories. And then, kind of strange stories, which is where I was getting all the strange stories mm-hmm. from. About the sex museum in Brazil. or Yeah, was, yeah, right? yeah. This was like a show prep service, yeah. but you had to pay for it. And eventually the company said, what are we paying for this for? And I couldn't argue with them. I was like, ah, they said, do you use this? I said, well, I do use it for the podcast, but I am not using it for the mm-hmm. morning show anymore. 
And the New York Post was starting to actually cover all of those stories, but they'd get them like a day later. Correct. Or two days later, which made me think they maybe were using the same mm-hmm. service. Um, And then when that went away, I don't know, they just wasn't. And you started jotting down notes. Then I just started jotting down things that I thought of that I would like to discuss with you. Yeah. And that's just kind of how it happened. Pretty much. So it wasn't deliberate. No, very organic, actually. It was organic, that's, that's yeah. Overused often, and I also days. sometimes you just you yeah you just don't want to do the same things all the time. I guess. Let's talk about Zach Wilson. That's what I mean. Like that's yeah, and sometimes like the 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 weird stories were kind of getting to be very similar. Now I do miss the Pornhub studies because that was really I don't know where this website was getting them. Right, right. But I don't see those replicated anywhere. I wonder if we Googled Pornhub Studies. Research, yeah. yeah. You might find it. How about this one, Jerry? This is a difficult one. I may continue to this. It's a little insulting. Okay. Also, oh, the, the email? This is the email. Also, I wanted to point out that I feel the comedic element, which, it, which was inherently there while discussing weird and wild stories, is now somewhat missing. And I miss that aspect a little on the current shows. Please don't take this slight critique the wrong way, as I'm still a daily listener and still find it entertaining, enjoyable, but and boring, relatable. Apparently. We still have plenty of penis drops that Eddie grabs from this. We do. But they come from... Stories. Yeah, from from natural things. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, that's part of this. And as you just pointed out, you don't have that service anymore where we don't get a lot of the stories. Yeah. You know what's... Um, off the beaten path, but a related, um, a current event story. Okay. Remember the, remember the plane woman? Yes. So she's from Texas. So this is the woman, Jerry, to refresh people's memories. That she was seeing ghosts or something or dead people. I forget what it was. She went viral because she was yes. uh, leaving an airplane or was told to get off the airplane. Correct. And she was pointing in the back of the plane saying that guy is not real. Exactly. Okay. I want to pull up her name because, you know, she was on an in-studio mm-hmm. on our sister station in Dallas. Okay. Because, yesterday. Oh, because here's what's interesting. Prior to that, she was on multiple Barstool podcasts. Oh, was she really? Yeah. Okay. She I, was on I, Pardon My Take, and then she was on Microdosing is another one of their podcasts. Okay. I wasn't aware of this. Yeah. So maybe she's now, is she making the rounds? I guess. I mean, they had her on because she's from Texas. Okay. Um, I got to tell you, she comes across incredibly likable. Yeah. And, like, she she tells the story about how um, she scrubbed her social media immediately. Her name is Tiffany Gomez. That's it. That's her name. Um, As soon as this happened, she just wanted it to go away. And so as soon as... She saw the story. She figured, let me just get rid of everything. I don't I don't need this. I don't want this. It, it is what it was. So she got rid of Instagram. She got rid of Twitter. Everything. And about three weeks after it happened, somehow it resurfaced, and her friends started bombarding her with it. And then she started seeing it get bigger and bigger. And millions of, I think, I forget what the number was, but the amount of views this video has gotten, I think, I think she said 150 million views. Something like that. She was such a good sport, though, because they were asking her tough questions like, how did you deal with it? Or, and she's like, you know, at, a, at some point you just start laughing at it. I, there's nothing else you can do. 
you can't take it down. It's going to live forever. I feel bad for my family. <laughs> like I, it, it's worth. I really, and maybe you saw it on Barstool. I didn't. I only saw cl- uh, like a clip or two on Barstool. I saw about 10, 12 minutes of this yesterday. I was oddly engaged by it. Yeah. Her. Did, I don't know. Did she explain what she saw? Because I, I never really saw that. So I got into it a little. It was, they had started already. I saw like the middle part. They might have asked her that. I don't know. I saw the part where they were really talking to her about how she dealt with the criticism, how she dealt with the five minutes of internet fame, if that's what you want to call it, all the mockery, all the late-night jokes about her. They were really talking about how she dealt with all that crap. I didn't see the beginning or the end, so I don't know if that was brought up in the very beginning. Because one of the clips that I saw of her with on Pardon My Take, she, she was kind of explaining that she didn't mean when she was pointing, because you never see who she's pointing right, at. Right, right, right. And she was pointing saying, that guy's not real. Or that M- mm-hmm. MF's not real. I forget what she said. She was trying to explain that she didn't mean that it wasn't a real human being. Just that what he was saying to her wasn't real. So like he was being a phony. Yeah, something like that. Mm-hmm. But still confusing to me. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, and it and the video makes her look like a kook. Yes. And the, the fun, again, she handled it well. Yeah. But like the fan in Dallas put out. We have the crazy plane lady. Right. So she reposted it. She goes, hey, great to be on with you guys, but if you wouldn't mind, could we drop the crazy part out of this? LOL. But I'm sure she's like, come on, guys. Like, I just sat there for an hour with you. I'm not nuts. But I wonder why she decided to start going on shows now because it did die down. I don't know. My guess would be because she's now got a Twitter page again. Oh, okay. My my thinking would be she's very attractive. She is. My thinking would be maybe you capitalize on it now. I don't know. Maybe she starts a YouTube channel. Who the hell knows? But it was very, it was, I don't know. I was, I was oddly drawn to it as I was listening to it. I thought you would like it. Let me see if she's on. Uh, or I think what, Instagram she's on too. Let's see. Let's see what type of followers. Because we always say how now it's hard to get followers on, on Instagram if you're starting fresh. Yeah, sure. Tiffany. G-O-M-A-S. So, yep. She has 134,000 followers. Wow. She uh, lists herself as a Texas girl, Jerry, as mm-hmm. you said. Real estate, marketing, viral personality. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Well, she was that. Yeah. That is very true. And she has, uh, Jerry, if you're wondering, she has a uh, a ugly sweater for Christmas for sale. Mm-hmm. On the bar stool, oh okay, thing that MFR's not real, and she's <laughs> and she's pointing to a picture of a sleeping Santa on an airplane. That's funny. That's awesome. That is funny. Yeah, that's creative. Yeah, she is attractive though, Jerry. You're she's right. very, she's very pretty. Oh my, yeah, very pretty. Oh yeah. So Would I you enjoy, buy? I enjoyed that. Now it says here she's re- into real estate, which means she must be a real estate agent. Would Either you... that or the real estate porn genre. 
Ha, ha, ha. No, <laughs> of course, real estate agent. Would you trust buying a home from her, or would you think yeah, yeah, yeah. you would? Yes. I would not judge her on that one video. Of course I would. Would it be, you'd be like, hey, you know who my real estate agent is? The yeah. crazy plane lady. Uh, yes, but I wouldn't call her the crazy plane lady because could you put up a good face? Yes. I genuinely felt watching that, that she's very normal, that this was just one weird moment that yeah. got captured and makes her look like a lunatic. That's fair. And like she said, it's only a piece of, right. of the thing. Yeah. Would you, when you, how did you pick your real estate agent when you, Bought and sold your homes. Uh, at first, the first uh, first go round was a good fr- uh, an old friend of Kim's parents, so he helped us um, when we moved to down to Brick. So somebody very experienced. Yeah, yeah, he had been in the business for probably forty years. He was an Damn. older he was an older man. Yeah. Then when we were moving out of Brick, he was a few years older, and he actually didn't have the energy to. And he gave us to one of the guys in his offices, and he was good. He was really good. Then this last time we moved, we went with a friend of Kim's, and she the woman was great. Yeah, I wonder, like, if you're a brand new real estate agent, because a lot of people go into real estate. Yeah. Would you, would you trust a newer real estate agent? Do you think it matters, or it doesn't matter if you know what no, you want to get? No, growing pains. Like, if you have a real estate agent and don't know what they're doing, they can cost you money and a bid. How so, you think? So I was trying to figure this um, out. Like, if you go with a younger real estate agent. I think if you have, this is just my opinion. I think there are certain contacts you have that will tip you off to homes that are coming on the market. Oh, that are they not do. there yet, right. I think if you're trying to sell a house, they might have contacts that they have a bigger client base that are looking for homes. That like I, I will tell you right now, the house we sold before we moved into this house, we were I don't think we were on the market for twelve hours. She had two clients looking for homes. One made an offer the first time through, and it was like that was it. Now we still put it on the market, and people came and and saw the house, and we got a couple of offers, but they were very similar to her her other clients. So since she had worked with them already, we took them. We knew they were good. So I, there's just little things, you know, when you got the home inspection, some home inspectors will tell you that your house is a, is basically going to turn into dust in the wind, as Kansas ones wrote. Yep. Because um, they just panic over everything. Then there are others like, I've been doing this a long time. The house is fine. Just worry about that. I just think it's experience. Yeah. Doesn't mean I wouldn't use them, but if you're asking the benefit of using someone more experienced, I think that would be Yeah. It. That's why I think it's tough. And that's why I think so many people drop out of being real estate agents. Because it's you, you got to weather not the making early any storm. money for a while. Yeah, and it's then getting easy. clients that will then recommend you. Yeah, or you can just get billboards every four miles on the turnpike, like our guy Rob. Rob sells New Jersey. Who has a billboard where I think he's dressed like a turkey, right now. Oh, he's got a he's he's I got it so. for the holidays. Either that or he's dressed like Santa. I forget. There's a holiday one right now. Okay, that's up for him that I saw somewhere in New Jersey yesterday. Yeah. I saw the way that worked, or we figured out the way that works, is that Rob just has a bunch of guys, men and women, that work under him. So he takes all the leads from his billboards. Then he portions them out, and he probably gets a little kickback on each one, which is a great idea. 
can't give you permission to tell people that. No, I'm saying I'm trying to. That, that's, that's the only way you could do it because he's <gasps> he's up and down the he's entire state. The he can't yeah. be everywhere, Jerry. Oh, he is. He is all over the place. You ain't kidding. Yeah, but that's like a, like a great idea. I want a billboard. Like I saw a billboard on the Garden State Parkway for like a local gun shop. Yeah. How are they affording that billboard? I don't I know. I want a billboard. Yeah, it doesn't seem like it's all that expensive. It has to be, though. Right. Like, like what would you say is not all that expensive? Okay, so you're saying I get a billboard on the turnpike for... Now, um, it's a flip billboard. So uh, it's not like it just... It's probably up there for four or five seconds and it goes to the next one. But I'm good with that. Yeah. I'm going to say for a month, five grand. So roughly... Let's see. So that would be a hundred dollars a day would be three thousand. So you're saying about a uh, roughly a buck forty a day. Yeah. Yeah, that's too much money for me. Yeah, it still seems like a lot. It is a lot. But how is a gun? How would a gun shop? Like, how much money is a gun shop bringing in monthly? I don't know. Maybe he feels like it, I'll put these out just for this month. Maybe people remember it when they want to get themselves a gun. Yeah, I guess you, you make the one investment of five or ten thousand dollars. But then once it's the advertising done, it's done. Right. And if you don't gain any clients, you just burn through ten grand. Yeah. Advertising's funny like that. Right, because they say with advertising that it's repetition. Yeah, it's not right? a one hit wonder. It's not a you can't just run. That's why I don't even think like in in any of the things. Like if you wanted to buy a commercial on the radio, you wanted to buy a commercial on cable. They're not going to sell you one commercial because they know it's not going to work because it doesn't work that way. Right. So then you run into this problem then. So there's a balance between only running a couple and then running too many or or naming rights. So, for instance, City Field. Yeah. City Field is named after City. Do you even think of that? No. Neither do I. When you need a credit card, do you think I'm going to get a City card because of City Field? No. So how is that working? I was thinking, like, uh, people were trashing MetLife Stadium today. Same thing, like, MetLife. What? I don't even know what it is. Was it insurance? I, I think they're insurance. Yeah. I, I, I always think that naming rights is a terrible way to go. Like, I think if you took that money that you're putting into naming a stadium mm-hmm. and you put that into, like, radio and TV commercials, the amount of exposure you could get... As opposed to just that... Just that naming right, which board, is so right. expensive. Yeah, no, I agree. It's very expensive. Very expensive. I actually can't believe that... Uh, I thought when the very beginning when they started doing naming rights that, that the media, like, we wouldn't fall for that. we just call it Giant Stadium. But they call it what it is. I th- You know what I think the difference is there? The f- and I, I could be wrong. There are people that still call it just the Meadowlands. There are yeah. people that still call it Giant Stadium. I do think that when you destroy a building... And then you've got two teams that get together to build a building. I think that's where the change kind of came from. That's that's my where it didn't on look it. right. You mean it doesn't look like the old Giant Stadium. It doesn't yeah. say Giant Stadium on it. It's MetLife Stadium that was built together by two different teams. So I think that's pro- now some people do call it that, but I, the large majority of people do call it MetLife. Yeah. So. Yeah, I was uh, just very surprised about it. like AT and T Stadium. I'd still call it Texas Stadium. Well, it was never Texas Stadium. It was Cowboy Stadium. Texas Stadium was in Irving. That's what I mean. I'd still call it that. Texas Stadium. Even from They could have. You know, the one thing I did like, I love the fact that the Yankees have never changed the name of their stadium. Yes. And when AT&T Stadium went up, for the first four or five years, it was Cowboy Stadium. He didn't have, Jerry Jones did not take on a title sponsor. 
And I thought that was awesome. And then he signed a mega deal with AT&T, and that was over. I actually like the way the Chiefs did it. I couldn't agree more. They have some sort of sponsorship with, I don't even know, blank field. Arrowhead Stadium, uh, Geha Field at, at Arrowhead, Arrowhead Stadium. Stadium. So we still say it's Arrowhead Stadium. Which is where I think the Yankees could do it. Yeah. Like, you could, there's no reason why you couldn't call it, whatever, Budweiser Field at Yankee Stadium. Yes. That's fine. That's much it's better. It's still Yankee Stadium. Right, and then the signage all in there's Budweiser and whatever Correct. your sponsor is. I, I agree. But it's not, like, you're still saying, I just... I miss those days of calling the stadium like Jack Murphy Stadium yeah, in sure. San Diego. You're not wrong. Dodger Stadium. You're right, though. Some of the greats are still some Dodger are. Stadium, Fenway Park, Wrigley Field. Mm-hmm. Although Wrigley was a sponsor. That's true. But they, they owned it, They though, were the right? family, though, right. that owned it, yeah. Right. True. Hmm. All right, Jerry. That's it? That's it. Let's do the... No sex stories today? Yeah, I got nothing for you. Uh, it's lacking comedy, as our friend Dave Stein <laughs> said. <laughs> Oh, by the way, I got I forgot the guy's name. I I will do this next week. Um, a listener to the podcast, okay, bought one of our puzzles. Oh, put the puzzle together and shipped it to the gym where we do cornhole. Uh, apparently, he said, I guess it arrived last week. I just got it yesterday. He shipped you a puzzle, a, a completed puzzle. Our podcast puzzle that we okay. created looks awesome. He did a great job with it, and then four pages of letters. Ooh. So we have to sift through some of that next week. Okay. I forgot to bring them in. I just picked it up yesterday. So and I forgot his name, but I have it written down. So we will get into that on Monday. All right, I'll check. I like to check that out. So I'd like to thank him and yeah. we'll go over some of his notes. All right, very good. Until then, we'll see you as the warm-up show and the post-game podcast on Monday. That's right. You'll be hosting Friday. I will be here Friday the morning. Geo with show. Presti, correct. With Cela. Okay. Well, we'll see you then. So so so.